Thank you for joining us today as Pastor Tim shares the Word of God. Our prayer is that your life will be touched by the Spirit of Almighty God and constant, powerful truths that can be applied to your everyday life. Let's join Pastor Tim with today's message. We're in a study of the book, The Roar of the Lion, The Church Awakes. Uh, The church is waking. People are standing up. And I'm excited about what I continue to hear. I, I, I hear about pastors that are standing up and preaching biblical messages. You're beginning to hear that ripple across our country. Uh, Just last week, uh, Beth Stone brought me pictures of the Ten Commandments posted in the hall of Jesseville School. Uh, What a thrilling thing. In spite of what the ACLU is telling us, uh, what our government is telling us, they're going to sue the school, they're going to sue principals, they're going to sue pastors, we're going to lose our uh, federal funding for our school, we're going to lose our 501c3 for the church. You know, there, there are school principals, there are pastors that are standing up and saying, just like Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said to Nebuchadnezzar, enough is enough, too far is too far, and no, we're not doing this. We're not doing this. And so Christians are waking up. And I am, I'm thrilled to see what we are seeing across our land. It's, it's, it's utterly ridiculous. And I, I, I don't want to go back in and talk about all that we talked about um, last lesson. But it's absolutely ridiculous to force America to take down the Ten Commandments from every public place. Uh, pastors of churches, principals of schools, business owners in our communities... Christians have got to stand up and say, we're not taking it down here. We're not. Our country, our constitution, our way of life totally depends on the instilling of the Ten Commandments in the hearts of Americans. The Ten Commandments and what they teach is the only thing that identifies or keeps a person good. When you say that is a good man, oh, she is a good woman. She is a good mother. When you say someone is good, what identifies good? The Ten Commandments. The keeping of those commandments. And if enough young people grow up without a mother or a youth pastor or a father or a grandmother instilling, thou shalt not steal... Thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie, thou shalt not covet. The police will be overpowered at some point. And they will just have to stand there and watch out-of-control looting and violence take place because you cannot control all human behavior. And, and let's don't just look at the, at the thugs on the street. Let's look at prominent people, the prominent educated leaders of our country, the heads of the IRS, the, I mean, the guy sitting in our Oval Office, the guy sitting in our Attorney General's office, the woman holding the Secretary of State's office. I, I mean, you can't control without God's laws being written in their hearts. We're seeing, I don't care what the law says, I'm above the law. I'm above the law, and there's where we are. And as I've been saying, and, I, and I'll continue to say this, the only answer is to have a dictator with a communistic form of government or a king or a pharaoh come in and, and, and wipe 
tens of thousands of people out with machine guns, that's the only way you control that violence, or you just stand there and watch it. That, that's your only option when the moral law of God is not instilled on the hearts of people. Now, either America has the basis of the Ten Commandments, self-control, self-government, an internal knowing that I will answer to God for my actions, whether the police see me or whether anybody catches me, whether the teacher sees me, I will stand before God and answer for my actions. When you remove that, see, America's got a choice. Either we're going to instill that knowledge or we're going to have to bring in a dictator to control this country by mass force to keep the nation that we have had. To keep America the nation that we have had, we will have to return the teaching and the importance of the Ten Commandments in, in every area of life. Well, it's just for church on Sunday morning. Are you kidding me? It's for every office. It's for every government office. It's for every human being that lives under our form of government. Now, it, it is the key to our country. And here is, here's my soapbox as of the last couple of years. It is the church that has to do this. It's not going to be the lost. And you can write that, that the lost are not going to instill the teachings of the Ten Commandments. It's the only option is for the church to do that. And what is tragic is the church has quit doing that. Because the pastor wants to live in an affair... Because the pastor wants to steal money from the church instead of be the biggest giver of the church to the church. The pastor wants to steal money. He wants to be in an affair. We've got all kind of immoral activity going on in the church. Well, there's no way he's going to preach about the Ten Commandments. He's going to preach that God forgives everybody. Well, we keep preaching that and not preach the instilling of the Ten Commandments. There's where America is. Uh, and I say correct moral direction because the removal of the Ten Commandments won't work. Well, Tim, who are you to say that's the correct direction? It's just simply it won't work. That's why I say it's the correct direction. Here's what you need to know. What political party, what denomination, what religion, or if you don't even go to church, the Ten Commandments instilled in the hearts of the people is the only thing that allows a society to operate free. God gave the Ten Commandments to Moses when he led the people out of slavery and were going to attempt to live as a free nation. Here's ten things you're going to have to do. Here's ten things you're going to have to do. And, and this is really simple to see. It's simple to see. A person instilled with the Ten Commandments in their hearts does not have to have a king or a pharaoh or a dictator with a communistic controlling government that controls everything. We're able to live free because we are taught you don't covet what your neighbor has. You don't even, not only do you not steal it, you don't even covet what they have. And this is how America has worked, and might I add, worked very successful. The key, and I'm, I don't know, maybe it's just because I'm a pastor that I notice churches. But as I drive across the land, I, I am, even as a pastor, amazed at the number of churches. And when you are driving through a town, 
you pretty much can pass one and see another one. That's how close we are. You pretty much can pass one and see another one, pass that one and see another one. That's not too many. That's what keeps us safe to walk down the sidewalk at night. That, it, the teaching of that is what keeps our country not having to have bars on our windows and, and, and chain link wire with razor wire around the, the yards of our houses like you see in other countries. There's where we are. There's where we are. Well, nothing can be done. We're in just a sad shape in this world. Wrong, wrong, wrong. It's very simple. When the church begins to once again teach the Ten Commandments and make godly morality and make biblical thinking its message, then the generation turns. It's very simple to turn this around. The church just gets biblical thinking back in the hearts of people. But it never ceases to amaze me, Christians that go to church on a fairly regular basis voting for what the Scripture calls sin. Christians out here holding a sign and picketing for what the Scripture calls sin. Well, what hope do we have? Oh, Tim, America's over. It's not over, just the church has got to reteach biblical thinking. And in one generation, it changes. Regardless of denominational preference, regardless of the style of music that you like, I don't like that style, I don't like the lights in this church, I don't like all that loud music, I there's just so many things about our church, I don't like that kind of church. Whatever church you want to go to, we've got to preach Ten Commandments. Whatever, you, go listen to organ music or go listen to a chant. I don't know, but we've got to preach the Ten Commandments. Have lights or everybody hold a candle if you don't like all the colored lights. But we got to teach the Bible. we got to teach the Bible. Every church has got to teach the Bible. Well, not everybody goes to church. Everybody will have a grandmother that goes. Or a foster parent that goes. Or a grandfather. Or an aunt that goes. The church infuses its message in society. George Washington said, now this is the president, no free nation can endure without public morality. And there can be no public morality in exclusion of religious principles. That's the way it's got to work. No, no free nation can endure. You, you won't remain free without public morality. And you don't have public morality in exclusion of religious principles. Well, I don't believe you've got to go to church. Just be a good moral person. Well, where do good moral people come from? From the teachings of the church. John Adams, quote, We have no government armed with power capable of contending with and controlling humans unbridled by morality and religion. Our Constitution is designed only for a moral and religious people. Well, I think we ought to remove religion from America. Then our Constitution won't work. Because one of our founders, one of the writers, one of the people that put this thing together said, our Constitution won't work without religious people. So to remove religion from 
public arenas is to say our Constitution will no longer run this country. And if you don't believe Washington and you don't believe Adams knew exactly what they were talking about, I encourage you to go home and turn on the evening news. <laughs> just, just watch. A moral reformation for our country is a must. That's what has to happen for us. It is a must. And it begins with people in church making that a priority. Well, Tim, what can I do? You can pave the way of some neighborhood kid to summer camp where they hear about the Lord. Well, what can I do? You can find not saved, not churched family members or friends and mail them CDs of the Sunday morning sermon. I found this very interesting. On your way to work this week, listen to this. See, you and I have got to infiltrate the thinking of our neighbors. That's what's got to happen. And you can either put up bars around your house, and you and your wife can take turns standing guard at night, or you can pass out the sermons on CD to all of your neighbors. One way or another, that's the way it'll have to happen. The church, with its teaching of biblical morality, is the single thing that keeps America moral. I want to continue to say this because you hear this every day. Tim, I know a lot of people that are not in church, and they're very good people. You don't have to go to church to be a good person. What makes a person good? Tell me. Well, he doesn't commit adultery. He doesn't lie. He doesn't cheat. What makes a person good is the teachings of the Bible. Whether they go to church or not, they were instilled with biblical thinking. If you remove that, then they're not. A, well, I know a lot of good people that are not in church. If you remove the teaching of the church from them, then they won't be a good person. Silence the church's voice. And in two generations, we've got what we see on the streets. Put forth the church's voice, and in two generations, you've got people helping one another, giving to one another, aiding one another. More and more, the church's voice is being silenced in public places, and more and more, we're seeing scandals on the nightly news that all are about lying, cheating, stealing, embezzling. I mean, why are we so surprised at what our IRS has been caught in, in lying and stealing and cheating. Commandment 8 and 9 has been removed. The senseless drive-by shootings. Commandment 6, we can't teach that. People at night, we see kill, stab, suing their own parents. Commandment number 5, oh, we can't teach that. N nobody in America is going to live happy, safe, and free when we remove the Ten Commandments. I don't want to talk about the Ten Commandments if we're not going to take a few minutes and go through the Ten Commandments. Turn with me to Exodus chapter 20. Exodus chapter 20. Let's just go through this and talk as quick as we can because we can talk for hours on end. Exodus chapter 20. Follow with me. Verse 1. God gave the people all these instructions. He didn't give them these instructions because he wanted to ruin you teenagers' fun. He didn't give them these instructions because he wanted to take away your life. 
I just want to go live a little. I'm tired of going to church. I just want to go live a little. I hear the kids say it all the time. I just want to get out and live a little. God didn't give the Ten Commandments so you would not be able to live a little. He gave the Ten Commandments so you could remain alive. So that life would work for you. Verse 2 and 3. I am the Lord your God. Do not worship any other gods before me. He alone is God, and he alone is to be worshipped. We just look. look at, just look at the world. Look at history. Study any other gods and what they have done to the people in their countries. Go to Calcutta, India. Trucks daily drive through the city streets picking up the dead from starvation while they have filet mignon walking up and down the sidewalks. That's what their religion has done to them. Go to Haiti. Haiti has the largest percentage of population into witchcraft and black magic of any other country on the earth. And it is the worst poverty in the Western Hemisphere. Let's look at all the Hindus with their class system. Look at how people are treated. Look at how women, look at how children, look at how people are treated in that system. Muslim countries, they advance their religion by killing. I mean, look at 9-11, look at the Boston Marathon, let's look at the list goes on and on and on. Look at, you don't see any ethnic cleansing in Christian countries. In Muslim countries, they have ethnic cleansing where they kill 50 to 100,000 people in a matter of days. Take bulldozers and push up big ditches and shove them with a bulldozer into mass graves. That's not in a Christian nation. That's not in a Christian nation. That is in Muslim nations. I'm, just look. Look. And I, I, I just I want to warn America with our pluralism and with our tolerance and with our acceptance of all religions and with a president that says we in America want to embrace all religions. Why do you want to embrace religion that leads to poverty? Why do you want to embrace a religion that advances by killing people? What do you mean we want to embrace all religions? No, we don't want to embrace religions of all kinds. We just want to embrace religions that work. He alone is God. And he's the only one to worship. And those that don't worship the Lord our God, then look at their economy, look at their treatment of people, look at the value that they place on human life, look at their health care. He will have no other gods before him. Look at the fruit of the nations that are predominantly worshiping other gods. Study every tribe, every society, every world power. The God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, he is God and look anywhere else. Look anywhere else and see the fruit of worshiping other gods. Verse 4 and 5 and 6. Number 2, do not make idols of any kind. Never worship or bow down to idols. Idols, lifeless, brass, gold, wood, concrete, whatever is made by human hands. Whatever is made. An idol is whatever is made by human hands. And you look at what happens when people worship idols. Anytime you worship your kid, 
over God or something over... Anytime you put something else in God's place, watch what happens. And look at any society in the world right now or in the history of the world that has had idol worship. And look at their economy. Look at their health care. Look at their way of life. Number three, verse seven. Do not misuse the name of Jehovah your God. Or your translation, do not take the Lord's name in vain. When you read that, clearly we think of cursing. Or people just throwing out, asking God to damn things. Or using God's name in vain. Oh, Jesus Christ. Throwing it out as a slang word. But, but let me just make you aware Make you aware that there are other ways of using God's name in vain. I mean, wearing a cross necklace and a cross earring and living a lifestyle that is unbiblical. Wearing a WWJD bracelet and then living a lifestyle that's not according to what Jesus would do. There is a lot of ways that Christians take God's name in vain. Go to church, act like you're a Christian and then the music you listen to. I mean, shoddy work. Taking God's name in vain is when a Christian puts down eight hours on his time card and he only works seven. You're taking God's name in vain. You're professing to be led by the Lord and you're stealing and you're cheating from your boss. Taking God's name in vain. Number four, verse eight. Remember to observe the Sabbath day and keep it holy. God's very clear. You work six days and you rest one. And on the day you rest, you worship, you honor, you assemble together. You know, many of us in here, some of you in here, will have never heard of this phrase before. But many of us in here grew up under the blue law. Y'all remember the blue law? The blue law, for those who have no idea what I'm talking about, we had a law in America for all up until, up until I believe it was 1961, that forbid a business from being open on the Sabbath. You, the blue laws, you, were not, you could not open your business on Sunday. Well, we did a great thing. We took that away. And now stress, nervous breakdowns, emotional disorders. I mean, you look at what has happened since man stopped resting one day and worshiping and honoring God. Look at, I mean, look at what has happened since we stopped the blue law. All right, the first four commandments are about our relationship with God. Number one, no other gods before him. Number two, no idols to worship. Number three, don't misuse his name. Number four, honor the Sabbath and keep it holy. First four are about our relationship with God. Now, the next six are our duties to one another. That is why when Jesus was asked, what is the most important commandment? What did he say? Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. And what? Love your neighbor as yourself. In those two sentences, Jesus wrapped up the Ten Commandments. Does everybody see that? Make sure that you understand that. In those two sentences, Jesus quoted all Ten Commandments. The first four are about our relationship with God. Love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, and mind. Now the next six are about our relationship with our neighbor, our relationship to one another. Number five, verse 12, 
honor your father and mother as the Lord your God has commanded you, so that you may live long and that it may go well with you. The fifth commandment is the basis for operating a free society. This was a very interesting quote. The secretary, our former Secretary of Education, I read a number of his books. He was a very wise man, William Bennett. Here's what William Bennett said. The traditional American family is the first, best, and original Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. The traditional American family is the first, the best, and the original Department of Health, Education, and Welfare. When the American family is intact, you can do away with all that department right there. The family takes care of that. According to God, the next in line after him are parents. Kids learn to see God through learning to see their parents. And a father operating as a godly father is an example lived before young children growing up so that they can understand who the Father God is as they grow older. We will never in this country hire enough police to control kids' behavior. Parents are vital to America's existence. And all the gang problem that we see could be stopped with a mama like mine. It's over, buddy. I'm telling you, it is over. All, what's 100%? 100% of the gangs ends with a mom and a dad. You'd be home at nine. And I knew if I wasn't, they'd be out there. And it wasn't going to be good. This would not end well. Father drunk, beating the mom. Mothers abandoning the kids. Father's a child molester. Two fathers, two mothers, lawsuits, kids' rights. And now because parents are not caring for the kids, then kids abandon parents and don't care for aging parents. And so now we've got rest homes, we've got care for the aging, a huge cost, a huge problem for America, all because we don't honor our father and mother. Then when you get to be a father and mother, you are honored because you honored your father and mother. And because you took care of them, then your kids take care of you, and it continues throughout society. But when that is interrupted, we got all kinds of problems. So instead of families doing health, education, and welfare, taking care of their own, now we got a government trying to do something that we cannot afford, nor is the government equipped to do that. It just can't. The government can't be in charge of education. It can be. There's got to be a parent with a bedtime, a study time, habits that take place. You can't have non-functioning home and have the greatest teacher that the government can hire. It won't work. It, it, education, health, welfare, safety does not work without us honoring our father and our mother. And I like what he says, so it may go well with you. You'll benefit if you'll take care of this. Number six, verse 13, you shall not murder. The framers of the Declaration of Independence, new rights were given to us by our Creator. What they called inalienable rights. Rights that were given to us by our Creator. What were they? Right to life, 
liberty, pursuit of happiness. Could we go over the order of those once again? The right to what? Life. Without that, we don't have anything. The right to life. And when abortion took control of America, we became in trouble. Why? Because the pursuit of happiness is now number one. You, well, I got a right to be happy. You sure do. Number three. First of all, is the right to life. Then the right to liberty. And after that is the pursuit of happiness. But when we get the pursuit of happiness first, then everything else is all fouled up. You've got to keep it straight in your thinking. Ever since the law of Moses, there has been a clear mandate for the execution for certain crimes. The law forbids not killing. Don't say, thou shalt not kill. It does not say thou shalt not kill. It says thou shalt not what? Murder. And there's a big difference. I hear Christians quoting, thou shalt not kill, in an attempt to stop capital punishment. That's not what the commandment says. Thou shalt not murder. God does not forbid capital punishment. The scripture talks about that. God does not prohibit war to have peace. God is for that. But in response to anger, murder is forbidden. And you got to understand what the scripture says. No society can prosper if law and order is not established and that enables families to be safe. How foolish to take this down from public places. How foolish to take this down from the halls of our schools and our businesses and our workplaces. We take it down and I'm appalled. We now have rap songs with murder in them. Are you aware of that? Is everybody aware of that? We got rappers talking about popping somebody, talking about putting a cap in somebody. We've got rappers encouraging murder. And so now we've got 13, 14, 15 year old kids killing their classmates, killing their teacher. Here, just as far as I'm concerned, I want the sixth commandment hung in the courthouse, in the schools, in the grocery store, in every building I do business with. I want it hung on every post down the sidewalk that I walk. I want it in the Walmart parking lot. I'm not wanting to put thou shalt not murder in church on Sunday morning. I'm wanting it everywhere I am. It's not the police. It's not the police that protect you, but we don't have enough police to protect me. They're not where I am all the time. I have to depend on that commandment being in the heart of people. Number 7, verse 14, you shall not commit adultery. In the beginning, God said, it's not good for man to be alone. For this cause, man will leave his father and mother, be joined to his wife, and they too will be one flesh. This is the first institution of mankind. Thou shalt not commit adultery. We could go on and on and on, and I'm running out of time to talk about statistically what has happened with the broken home. Number eight, verse 15, you shall not steal. Studies show the cost in loss of shoplifting to be 10 to $12 billion a year. Let me ask you a very simple question. Who pays for that? 
every one of us. Because that store, whatever store you go in, cannot stay open if it does not make a profit. So if they are having 10 to $12 billion a year stolen, they have to raise their price by enough to carry or to compensate what thieves carry out. And so you and I, on every item you pay, you're paying for people who are stealing. Here's an interesting thing I read. Profit at restaurants. The profit at restaurants are, is 11% without theft control. Profit at restaurants are 30% with theft control. A restaurant that counts the number of plates, counts the number of plastic cups, lids, plastic spoons, and counts the number and monitors that number of Cokes sold against what the girl put in the cash register, and they monitor every little clerk that they have that is selling cups, and they count the cups, their profit is 30%. Those that don't monitor it, restaurants' profits are 11%. Boy, I'm so glad that we've got politicians that have taken that commandment down. Stolen time in wages. Turn in eight hours and work seven. Do you know, just, just do some math with me. Fifteen minutes late to work every day. Fifteen minutes longer for lunch. Two and a half hours a week. 105 hours per year that you're stealing from your employee. 105 hours a year you're stealing from your employer. Only, oh, that's only, that's only 15 minutes. What's the big deal? I'm paying for that. Some way, somehow, everybody has got to pay for that that is paying. Commandment number, let me just quick, i got to give you some of this. Commandment number seven, you shall not commit adultery. Commandment number five, honor your father and mother. Let me just read this. Intact home with a father and mother where kids honor and respect. Read the stats. Listen to this. Five times kids from broken fatherless homes. Now we say, well, Tim, I know kids that are raised without a father, and they're good. I'm not talking about one case. I'm talking about national averages, okay? Oh, the national average, which I don't understand why our country can't see this. Here's the studies. Five times more likely to commit suicide. 32 times more likely to run away. 20 times more likely to have bad behavioral disorders. 14 times more likely to commit rape. Nine times more likely to drop out of school. Ten times more likely to abuse chemical substance. Nine times more likely to end up in state institutions. Twenty times more likely to end up in prison. Fathers, the next time you can't get along with your wife, think about that right there. Just think about that. Forty-nine percent of all child abuse cases are committed by single mothers. 49% of all child abuse. Just, just facts, folks. Just facts. Honor your father and mother that it may go well with you. Don't commit adultery. Here's what happens. This is my opinion. Just look at the studies. Look at the studies. On and on and on. I've got too many studies here. I'd love to read them. Number, number 9, verse 16. You shall not give false testimony against your neighbor. You know, lying's become a lifestyle. I mean, it becomes a lifestyle. It's the way we do business. Timmy and I laugh all the time. I'll be there Tuesday. <laughs> How many times do you hear that? I'll be there Tuesday. 
Anybody going to show up? People don't do what they say. Lying is just the way you do. I mean, well, look, look at our court system. Look at our leaders. Look, look at what, now with all this quick TV and how you can pull up, look what they said one day and turn and say the next thing. And I, I'm, I'm carrying I'm saying, why didn't somebody do about that? It don't matter. I said this, now I said that, now I said this. Just, just lying. Just lying. It doesn't matter what you do. Just hire you a good lawyer and you can get off. Tenth, number 17. You shall not covet anything that belongs to another. Now, let me say this real quick. Not all coveting is wrong. Not all coveting is wrong. 1 Corinthians 12, 31, Paul says to covet the gifts of the Spirit. See, God is infinite. God is unlimited supply. And so we can covet what God has because it does not diminish what He has by you getting it. So you covet the things of God. The Tenth Commandment forbids coveting what belongs to another. This is very interesting for those that support communism, for those that support other forms of government. Well, where in the Bible does it say God's for private property? You shall not covet anything that belongs to another. Well, there has to be private property. There has to be private ownership for you to have something for somebody else to covet. So the 10th commandment undergirds and backs up private property ownership of stuff. And you start coveting. See, you don't covet. You say, they've got that. I'm going to work as hard as they did, and I'm going to buy me one like that. I'm going to buy me one like that. I don't want that one. That's what he's talking about. I'm going to wait till they're out of town, and I'm going to go get what they have. No, I want to get me one like what they have. The Ten Commandments, this isn't religious material. This is not religious material that belongs in church on Sunday morning. This is simply God-given mankind. Here's the way you live free. For all of our young people in here, God's not trying to ruin your life. He's trying to allow for you to live life. And when you disobey the Ten Commandments, then you can know beyond a shadow of a doubt your life will not work. I want to end with the words of God in Deuteronomy. I set before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. Y'all stand. Lord, continue to direct us and guide us as we think correctly about you and your word. We honor you today. In Jesus' name, amen. We hope that you have been blessed, encouraged, and motivated by today's message. If you are interested in more messages by the pastors at CM Church, please log on to our website at www.cmchurch.com and click on our podcast link. You can also purchase series and other messages at our online store. 